Welcome to the Director's Commentary Podcast for Heart, The City Beneath. I'm Grant Howitt, and I'm joined by Christopher Taylor, and we wrote the Heart RPG. In these episodes, we'll be going through the text of the book and discussing how we came to design the game. For more information on Heart and our other titles, go to rrdgames.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. We're doing some we're doing some classes now, which I think is probably the most exciting part of the game, as far at least from a mechanical point of view. It's the good bit. It's the good bit. Like that's that's why you read a game for the classes, isn't it? Hundred percent. So strap in. So we're going to do the cleaver. Cleaver. Now listen. Last episode, we complained a lot about how hard it was to write role playing games. <laughs> that is not going to abate for the cleaver. Good God. Oof. So the cleaver was a was a late addition to the game. We uh, it was a stretch goal. Mm-hmm. Um, for the for the Kickstarter, and we had we had a sort of Heartsborn, like a Heartsblood person for yeah. a while, and then like we we tried a few things. It was like, well, okay, so like they can eat enemies and gain their attacks, but that's really hard to balance. And also like they're they're kind of they're of the place and they're they're born of it, and so they're like they're they're not strangers to it. Sorry, the crow. Yeah, mm-hmm. my window. I've got my window open. It's far too hot. <laughs> For any listeners, just endure the sounds of East London. And it was very difficult, so we just got rid of them and, re- and replaced them with the witch. Because the witch was, was covering that human like human connection to the heart. Yeah, and doing it from a more interesting angle. Yeah, and then we said that we would write the cleaver. Mistake. And we had to. <laughs> they made us. Yeah, they made it. I mean, we made ourselves. Yes, And also, I want to say, I'm super happy that we did it because the cleaver is a really popular class. I think it's really like indicative of heart in a really cool way. Plus, don't, got that don't get me wrong. It turned out real well. It did. There was there was a period of about two months where we were like, "What the fuck are we gonna do for this fucking?" I hate this stupid know? class. Why did we promise anything? I hate this and you. So we yeah. So we're gonna get. It deep on this so yeah if you if you don't want to hear us talk in, in, in huge depth about the classes listen to any other podcast on the internet and that's the cleaver next yep next up uh, no so we developed them and we were trying to work out what it was that they were about and we ended up redefining the witch because the cleaver existed yeah i'm super glad we did yeah very much so. The witch used to have the cursed domain, which is the domain of hearty things. Mm-hmm. You know, too many eyes, teeth, actively harmful shit. Weird energies. And then we had the cleaver who also had that, and it was very it was very difficult to sort of tell them apart. So the witches became the occultists of this of, of the setting, aside from the junk mage who were also who was also an occultist, but they were like using magic and science and technology to interact with the heart, to channel uh, using arts, I suppose. To, to channel heart power into effects. Yeah. And cleavers use their stomachs. <laughs> yep, they just snack on shit. They eat everything. We were like we were really keen not to be like, oh okay, and they're a noble savage or what have you, or they're or they're a you know, they're, 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 we, we didn't want to hit those hit those narratives. What we wanted to do was take a ranger, not use all the ideas we'd already used for Deadwalker, who's the other ranger, and sort of work something out with that. Yeah. And like let's let's just let's start here with the art, because I think yeah. actually this is quite important. Yeah. So firstly, that weapon that he's holding is real. Mm. I did a search for I think it was massive cleavers Mm. and it's like a a specific tool for a very specific purpose got like a four foot blade on it it's massive taking off whale skin 
Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's for cutting out whale skin. Massive flensing knife. Yeah, it's it's a terrifying thing. And the second uh, second we found that, like, this is it. This is the defining weapon. Yeah, it's just it's so gross as an item, and I love the fact that it's inscribed. Mm, don't know with what. Doesn't I can't really. Doesn't matter. Recipes, I presume. Yeah. I would also like to directly thank uh, Will Cornish, um, who's one of the mods on our um, on our own Rook and Deckard Discord, and a friend, both of ours, honestly. Will heard about the cleaver and then went just balls into it, <laughs> just balls really deep, just absolutely went into it, and they ended up sort of defining what the cleaver was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> honestly, overall, if if you think there's something you like about the cleaver, it was probably Will's idea. Yeah, they just uh, they just started talking really publicly about how cool it was to be a cleaver, and we were like, oh, "These are these are some good ideas. Let's have these." Yeah, that's pretty. We, we thought of it already. Yeah, brilliant. So yeah, the two like, we, we went back and forth on on what the cleaver would have. Like it was the last class we wrote. We wrote it um, like we, we were we were veering towards deadline. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't show too much. But it was it was a it was tricky to try and once we've written all the other classes, it was tricky to come up with some other stuff which would still feel fresh and different. Yeah, to like it, re- it recreate does. a niche. Yeah, it does mainly because they have protection equal to the level of the heart they're on. Yeah. Which was the huge turning point in working out what the hell this class did. Once you hit tier, so if you are, for for example, in tier four of the heart, you don't take unarmed damage. Doesn't happen. Why? That's like like that's that's so far beyond. And, 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 and like you barely notice knives when you're at tier three. Yeah, it's terrifying how much protection they get. It doesn't stack. So there's so there's there's kind of there's a there's a balance in that. We hope the idea is it gave them a like a ranger. Thing, that the further they go into the frontier, the further the further they go away from civilization, the more powerful they become. It was quite a clean way of doing that. I remember we both went off to the bathroom for five minutes in our separate houses, and then Chris came back and I'd written it. And I was like, Chris, 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 I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very important bathroom trip. It was a very important, but I will say separate bathrooms. We yes, go to the same, we, we many miles houses. apart. Uh, we also have the Red Feast, which uh, has the phrase "Your crucible guts pluck memories from the meat," mm. which is probably the best sentence I'll ever write. Yeah, I think mine's in the Mission Sage. Cleavers can't really get domains in the same way as everyone else. No, I, I, in fact, uh, you can get desolate and wild. So you can get desolate and wild. Everyone else gets access to uh, to three or four. They get access to two, but they can eat anything. And if it's got the associated domain, they get the domain. Well, I mean, they can take Dominion, but that's largely a waste of. Oh yeah, sorry. That's, in fact, let's, let's talk about that. Actually, talk about yeah. the uh, let's talk about the intentional traps we put in our game. <laughs> so, uh, in Cleaver, there's Dominion, which is gaining access to one of the following domains. There's Gut Instinct, gaining access to one of the following skills. And where's the other one? Where's the protection one? I've lost it in my own book. Inhuman. Inhuman. It's the immediate one next to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and all classes get access to a, ver- a variant of this. Yeah, everyone, everyone's missing one. Everybody's missing at least one. Yeah, some yeah. people more than one, I believe. Mm-hmm. And what this is essentially is a minor ability dump. Mm. Um, if you want to do a very specific build, a build feels like the wrong sort of. If, if you want to make a very specific character, yeah. If you want to make a very specific sort of character, and it's an edge case for what the cl- the, ca- the class at the beginning can do. Mm. Then you take one of these yeah. to just shift you. Like it makes sense in a way that that cleavers could get wild. Mm. A cult is a bit more difficult because and religion because it requires some level of training often. It's and it isn't part of the core idea we have for the class, like the the image of them. Yeah, but it's, it's quite a cool idea to play a religious cleaver. Absolutely. 
Um, and the idea that you could then just pick up what you wanted. Mm. Um, if you pick these up as one of your first level ones, you are a fool. You're an absolute fool. Get one of the other ones, they're better. Yeah, just get one of the other ones to begin with. But it lets you wiggle your way into different stuff if you want to. Yeah. And it felt it felt really bad to limit people when we could just let them have stuff. Yeah. You know? Now, you also, like, so so Dominion, you can't get technology. Gut instinct, you can't get, can get all of them, actually, I believe. That's the, I think that's, that's the one class where you can get all of the skills. Uh, and in a human, you can't get mind protection. Yeah, which makes sense. If you look at whatever protection you can't get, that's how we want to hurt you. Yeah. So we want Cleavers to be fully mad. And, and that also, that, that's a really good thing for, for GMs playing through this. Like, mm. if you look at the three domain skills and protection abilities that each class gets mm. when your group has picked their classes, the ones that are absent are how you hurt them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's designed that way so that they everybody has this weak point. Mm. And it's generally speaking the downfall of their class. Like, you're not going to starve out a cleaver, but you are going to drive them mad. Each of the, the, the Cleavers, the Cleavers eventual theme was came out of the Monstrous Manual. The Bestiary. Nope. The Adversaries chapter. That's the one. Came out the uh, the Adversaries chapter because we ended up with the idea that they've taken, they've absorbed parts of the of the, of the underworld into them. Uh, so let's say, for example, Unmaking Claws is taken from the Angel uh, Adversary. The Fractured Form is taken from the Mirror Spiders. Adversaries. Pitch skin is taken from the pitchkin. Pitch skin from pitchkin. Uh, which lets you, one, sneak more effectively, and two, you get a sort of explosive glue come, get, coming out of your paws. Yeah, which is just so abusable. Mm, yeah, very much so. The The model for building these was that you, you get a you get a skill, you get a domain, and then in addition to that, you get some sort of side benefit. And it's generally quite small, but it gives you something to play with. Yeah, it, and it it gives you uh, a story note. It, it gives you a story note or uh, a little bit, a little fracture of spotlight time. Mm. Like fell metabolism gives you endure, which is fine. Endure is really useful, but it's it's mechanical. It's boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you use your red feast, you may choose to have your attacks gain the brutal tag for a number of actions equal to the amount rolled on the resource dice instead of gaining a domain. That just gives you. On, on average, sort of like three or four attacks mm. with Brutal for a while. Just for, for eating anything you happen to have on you. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, which is pretty neat, I think. We've also got this uh, symbiotic vessel um, give you the capacity to, like, you get plus two echo or plus two fortune protection. And those are, those are ways to make your character safe. I think there's an element of the, like, I personally am not interested in them. I think that I wanted to give people, that we wanted to give people the option to invest in their characters and say, well, I, I want to be protected from this sort of thing. I find stories much more interesting when I'm completely unprotected. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing is what it protects against. Mm. So Symbiotic is Fortune and Vessel is Echo. Mm. Now, What's quite interesting about the cleavers is, is because of their their class ability, they make quite good tanks. If you need somebody mm. to soak up a load of damage, just shove it in the cleaver, as long as you're deep enough. Mm. And symbiotic and vessel make it easier for them to get deep enough in the heart mm. for that uh, that power to really make a big difference. Mm. Because once you're at tier three, these are useless. Mm. Because your other ability is higher, so it supersedes it. Mm-hmm. Um, as the power says, it doesn't stack with anything. I, I quite like the idea of like, of like because it doesn't stack. You're, you're like, in tier three, you're superseding all your powers. It's like it's it's becoming more of you. Yeah, it's an interesting idea about control there. So the first major ability, Bloodbound Beast, had the best comment from our editor on it. Yes, 
Absolutely. Um, it was just tags. And the very last minor is called Faithful Until the End. And normally we get things like, did you mean this in a comment? Mm. You know, like, did you want this this word here and all this stuff moved around? This just read, you monsters. <laughs> <laughs> um, because Bloodbound Beast gives you, um, you, you gain the Bloodbound tag and all your weapons as you and your companion work in concert. You can power up by fighting with a companion of some form, a ragged cryptid which is just a lovely way of describing it. Essentially, you get a, you get the ranger's pet. Yeah, Great. and it, it grants you mastery if you take some stress to blood. Yeah, you can you can mess about it, do some fighting. Or if you take critical fallout, like remember that kills you, removes you from the from the game, you don't die. Instead, the companion drags you to safety, and then this is the crucial part. Your companion dies in your arms exhausted and wounded <laughs> after you regain consciousness. It's after. not like yeah, it's not like, ah, oh, the blast, the dog died. No, no, the dog dragged itself out of that blast mm. so that you could watch. And it's the only ability. Six-legged pig with a man's face dragged you out of it. <laughs> Remove Bloodbound Beast from your account sheet and gain an immediate major advance. So you swap it out for another major. Mm-hmm. You can never access this again. So yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm happy with that one. It's so lovely and sad. Yeah. I can't believe people don't take it. Yeah, that'd be my that'd be my my first port of call. I think. Oh, I think there's there's lots of cool stuff you can do with cleavers. And that's the key. That's that's the thing we want to do with all the classes. That's the thing we want to do with all of our games. Yeah, in the classes, we wanted them to be. We wanted it to be that you look at one thing, go, "How could you not take this? This is the default choice." And then you look at the next one and go, "Well, I don't understand. How could you not take this?" Mm-hmm. And you not have the ability to do to hold all of them essentially. Chimeric strain is very mechanical. Yeah, it's a barbarian power. It's rage. Yeah, yeah, it's rage. Uh, and you can and you can choose to so you so you mark default stress to echo. You might have echo soak, which is nice as well. Yeah, and you get you get brutal and you get weird. And so with weird tags, that means that you mark d six um, echo stress when you roll maximum damage, mm-hmm. and you're more likely to do that because you've because you've got the brutal tag. So you roll two dice and pick the highest. And then you can stack stuff on it yep. up until the point where you are... Where are we? Is it, yeah, you're, you're, you're doing... Uh, you increase your increase your damage by one step. You gain plus two blood protection. Uh, you ignore the effects of blood fallout uh, and you get brutal uh, on the attack. So you are, you're an absolute nightmare. However, you mark D10 stress to echo to activate yep. it. So there's the option that you that you, you, you stride boldly forward into combat and then immediately vomit up a dog that hates you. <laughs> and immediately then kill that dog. Yes. Because what's quite nice is that the base power, um, that, I mean, I realise tier four is very deep in the heart, mm. but game, the, yeah. the further you go down in the heart, the more free this power is. Yeah. Um, so you can activate the base version just all the time. Like, you can be this transmuted form of chimeric strain 100% of the time. Yeah. You don't turn it off. There's no point. You only have to worry about it when you up the the level of changed you are. Mm. But again, like, if you activate one, it's a D6. You can do that. You can take so, that, right? Like, that's, yeah. like, if you've got four protection, that's probably not going to be a problem. Yeah. Like, if you roll six, that's two. Mm. Otherwise, it's free, you know? And again... Ah, uh, ten. There's a quite a good likelihood you're going to get between one and four. Mm. Take a little bit of stress here and there; it's fine. And it's that kind of gambling addiction. Mm. Like yeah. y- your class is built to actually sustain the strain that this puts on you. Mm. However, when it goes wrong, it's going to go badly wrong. Mm-hmm. 
And it's up to you to just, you know, bet on red or black, <laughs> basically. I would like to thank the uh, people at, I think, is it Konami or Capcom who made Monster, Heart, Monster Hunter? Yes. I would like to thank the developers of Monster Hunter. Yes, them. Um, for Extinction Bow. Because it is, it is a name directly out of Monster Hunter and a power directly out of Monster Hunter. And then we give you a really big bow. We just went through the wiki for Monster Hunter. Did that for a while, actually, yeah. There's some real dumb weapons in that game. Yeah. We don't really have much in the way of range powers in the game. No. I don't find range very interesting in story games. No, because you can't, you know, watch the life go out of their eyes. Absolutely. Also, <laughs> unless you were there with a really creepy telescope. The, uh, the 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 main reason is that you can't like all distance is abstracted and, and fictional. Yeah. As opposed to okay, well I'm thirty foot away from you, so I know that I can outrange you and blah blah blah. We don't have much in the way of range powers. Most of it's handled by you have a gun or what have you. You can you can make your gun do better things. But with this, you can you can attach yourself to a nightmarish carrion pig uh, with the harpoon, and it has it has no particular power. Harpoon. Oh, I love this. Once per situation, when you inflict stress on an adversary with the extinction bow, you attach yourself <laughs> to them with a rope or chain. They can't flee while attached. Neither can you. Narratively, that's so useful. Mm-hmm. Mechanically, doesn't fucking matter. Garbage. Garbage. Absolute garbage. Garb- mechanically, yeah. doesn't matter. Yep. Yeah. It's once per situation. So every fight you get into, and sometimes when you're not in fights, yeah, it's very exciting. The, the, the other key one here for me is Nightmare Arrow. Which is very much the alt fire mode for one of the bows in Monster Hunter. Oh yeah. So you well, you so you either fire a really big projectile, like mm-hmm. that's the kill D ten tiring ranged expensive is what the extinction mm-hmm. bow does. The nightmare arrow gives you kill D eight spread ranged one shot, mm. and it either either I guess you're strapping dynamite to the end, or it's like a submachine gun, whatever. It's the pretty pro- vague as to what the nightmare it's, arrow is. Yeah, it's just blackness. It's just mm. filth curling out from the arrow but it's it's horrible and it just hurts everything <laughs> and it's wonderful mm. and then we've got monstrous appetite which is which focuses more on the on the red feast ability and like you'll see you'll see as we go through a lot of majors take some core element of the of the class and play with it yeah so this this you say oh i really want to be about eating things so you can heal which is pretty neat yeah you can generally you can only heal if you eat two of something <laughs> Because you have to eat it the first time to understand it. Yes. So it's not especially cheap. But you also got things like you can uh, you can bump your uh, you can bump your protection crucially, absolutely most crucially. Because because like we we had, we had rejuvenation and we had tainted meat and we were really struggling to try and understand what the third power was. And then we were like, oh, what if you just bit the leg off an angel? Yeah. So horrendous bite. Uh, once per situation, when you inflict stress with an unarmed attack on an adversary, you may choose to lower the difficulty by one step to a minimum of standard until the end of the situation. Danger and risky uh, actions. Difficulty is really nightmarishly hard in heart. Oh, it's brutal. And um, this lets you just bite people's legs off. Yeah, being Which able like. to lower difficulty with just a basic mm. ability is insanely good. Mm. Uh, and then we have the wild hunt, which is a weird one, honestly. Like this is a hunt aspect of one, and we want to try and get kind of a community idea out of it. Yeah, it was. I think it was the last one we did, and the one that we almost had to rename about five times because we had several wild hunt powers. Mm. We kept on finding there were five or six abilities called wild hunt. Yeah, and it's it's an odd one. It is strange, but I think I think it's the rangeriest one. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting that you 
give people essentially a pep talk before going on a delve. You're not allowed to do it in an area with the Haven tag, which I like. Well, you can. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's it's risky if you do it in an area with the Haven tag. Yeah, but you can you can give the hunt skill out, which is useful. But then you can start giving out the delve skill, mm. which is incredible if you want to be move if 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 you've got a campaign where you want to be visiting a lot of places and moving around. Mm. Wild hunt with store with um. Echoes of the City Beneath is one of the fastest ways to do it. Mm. So you increase the, the stress inflicted on Delves by a step, which is crazy, mm. and give people an extra dice for it if they don't have Delve already. Yeah, which is you, really beneficial. You just blur through those. Storyteller is just gorgeous. Storyteller. It's one of the, you'll notice something very similar in Venetian Night later on. Mm. Uh, but the idea, uh, you, can, you, can, you can declare that what you're fighting is a legendary named beast. And it gets significantly harder, but you get lots more effectively points for killing it. Yeah, you, the resources that you consume and that you use to heal and everything mm. like that go up two steps, which is quite quite juicy. Yep, I really like the idea of everyone sort of like, like rolling their eyes as the cleavers like oh, it seems like we're tracking the legendary Kafengan, and there it's was a house legendary Kafengan. <laughs> there was no legendary beast before, but they've made up, and now it is. Yeah, and that segues nicely into the last one of Bounty Shared, which is when you complete a Delver hunt, everybody who took part in it with you gets to remove stress from fortune or supplies. Mm. And I like the idea that, like, it's you, you know, you, you're actually harvesting something from the kill. Mm. And so that's the supplies. Or it's just the, the fortune is just wonderful. Is everybody's just like more confident now? They're going to make fewer mistakes, and, and, and the heart is happy that you've done it. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty neat. I, I, it's 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 strange, but it lets you be a like a party focused cleaver. And uh, I think there's the there's the sensation with cleavers that you want to be separate from the rest of the party. Uh, yeah, and it, sort of and it, it lends close. itself very well to being a leader mm. and to being that kind of pathfinder um, and leading the way into nightmares. Now, zenith abilities. Zenith abilities. The three zenith abilities rather than the one we started with, I think. Yeah, everyone got one to start with. And then we were like, oh, actually. Well, no, no I think uh, the very first one we had with Missy and Knight had three. Mm. And only one of them killed him. Yes, and that was a mistake. We needed, we needed that uh, to be. They're, they're the ones which let you move very quickly or punch hard. Yeah. Uh, whereas you'll see on Wild and Woe, to activate this ability, die. <laughs> Very upfront. Okay, so technically, only one of them kills you immediately, which is Wild and Woe. Yeah. With Zeniths, I think we could talk about these in, in, in a broad sense. We wanted to make them, we wanted to give you a proper send off. Yeah, like we wanted them as capstone abilities in both senses of the word. Like, we wanted them to be the top of a path, but also like the end. I really love a good death. I think there's something incredibly cathartic about that. And in an age where we're feeling increasingly powerless, there's something liberating about being able to sell one's life in a powerful way. And we've tried to do that with the, with the, with the Zenith abilities. So, Wild and Woe basically means you go to heaven. Yep. You awaken in the forest, which is one of the eight heavens, which we'll talk about later, which is kind of the wild domain. Yeah, like the archetypal wild domain. Yes, it is It it, it is the heaven that, um, that primitive hunter-gatherers went to basically it's just it's just a bigger more dangerous version of normal <laughs> um in a big in a big forest and yeah a a giant fucking forest manifests around you and all sorts of giant god beasts come and stomp around the place and it's kind of a kind of a fuck you to the campaign really I think. A bit. but it's nice it's nice being able to make a new landmark yes um, and having that permanent. Mm. Um, and there's an important cool. thing with Weald and Woe, which is the mm. name Weald and Woe. Because mm-hmm. obviously it's a joke on Weald and Woe, mm-hmm. which is fine. 
Um, but I, I, I was born in the Weald. Oh, there you go. See, so that's why it's Weald and Wyatt. Maybe you'll die there too. I, God, dear God, I hope not. We've also got like legendary beast where you get to go and slay the beast. It and unlocks you kill it. a quest that you yeah. succeed at. You succeed at. Just listen. Just tell us how it happens. We're not interested in you failing at this. Mm. You become a beast in a landmark, and then eventually someone will come and kill you. Yep. And the idea is that there's only ever one beast, and you just you, you just killed it, so now you're the beast. Yeah, and like when we were you, we'll talk about the god beasts in the adversaries chapter, mm. but they're very much. Um, modelled on Shadow of the Colossus monsters. Mm. Not necessarily Stony. that size, but like that stone and antler mm. and moss. fur and moss and that kind of weird melding of architecture and creature. Mm. Perhaps not the most iconic, but one of the most exciting because uh, uh, we talk up the angels a lot Yeah, in this game and in Sanctum as well. Uh, you get to become an angel. Yeah, you get to become one of the things feared most in the heart. Mm. Which is which is exciting. You basically get the capacity to like to, to completely tear shit up, and yeah. odds are, like depending on depending on what you were doing as as a heart song cleaver, you become an angel. Great, that's what you were going for. Then you fuck off into the heart as an enlightenment cleaver, as a as a penitent cleaver who becomes an angel. Mm. That's kind of exciting. What's what's powering that? You know what what's what's the story behind that? Yeah, we've given like with with, with the way we say is that we've given the given people the ability to set up some really cool explosive stories because also most people won't make it to Zenith. Is the other thing we, we we talk a big game, but you're not Zenith is Zenith of a campaign play, right? Mm. Um, yeah. And while we talk a lot about arcs of like six games and things like that, few people do that. A lot of people go for the more one shotty end. You know, they do an adventure which takes a couple of sessions, or they go real long. Yeah. If you if you go real long, most people playing uh, listening to this now are adults. You know what happens mm-hmm. when you try and do a long campaign? It doesn't. You never work. finish it. Yeah. So Zeniths are something to aim for, mm. but unless you're doing it accelerated or you've got a real clean schedule. <laughs> Um, getting to Zenith is a little bit harder. I reckon, I reckon you can get there in six, seven games. Oh, you can. You can. But yeah. you've got to plan that as a GM. Yeah, for sure. You've got to be ready for six games. And yeah. most people don't. They they let it run long. Yeah. So that's Cleaver. Yeah. This this ran a little bit longer than... than this, will, this will run a little bit, little bit longer than the rest of the classes because we talk about sort of the way in which things are set up here. Mm. We will be more brisk. <laughs> Fly through it. Barely mention anything. Oh, barely. What is it? Deadwalker. Fight. This is skip Deadwalker. The next one. No, we will like we will probably probably be a bit brisker with the next one. But uh, like Cleaver, there's already a a, a rich uh, vein of of of, mu- of mutant warrior hunters for us to draw on. Deadwalker, we made up entirely. Yes. If you thought Cleaver was hard, wait till Harris complain about Deadwalker. <laughs> been listening to the director's commentary podcast for Heart, The City Beneath. I was Grant Howitt, and I was joined by Christopher Taylor, and we wrote the Heart RPG. For more information on Heart, and our other titles, go to rrdgames.com. Music